Grace Allen. And I'm Ricardo Allen, and we are the Allens. Welcome to our podcast where we share our unfiltered insights, perspective, and knowledge on this roller coaster of a ride that we call life. Ricardo Allen is down at the 42 and a half, 43. Join us as we go all in on all topics ranging from changing diapers to preparing for Super Bowl Sunday. Guns it across the middle. Ricardo Allen, the interception. 35, 30, Allen 25. Welcome to All In with the Allens. Hey everybody, I am super excited for today's episode. I am here with one of my dearest friends, Rachel, but we call her Ray. I am so excited to be chatting with you and I also love just being around people who call me Ray. It always feels like home. So I feel I'm like I maybe called you Rachel when I met you the first few times and then it was just Ray and now I don't think I could ever probably call you Rachel again. <laughs> I appreciate that. And like, it's always Ray. It's never Rach. I met this um, guy the other day and he like immediately called me Rach. And I was like, oh no, Ooh. no, no, no. <laughs> like, it's Rachel or Ray That's and it. Ray would be pushing it. <laughs> that is so funny. So I think it's important as a disclaimer to say during these times that Ray and I are not, unfortunately, we're not together right now. Um, I wish we could be, but due to COVID, we are practicing social distancing. So Ray, tell the people, where are you? I'm in Dallas, Texas. I wish I was in Atlanta though. (laughs) Soon enough. It's going to be Friendsgiving before we know it. I hope so. So tell me, why are you in Dallas? What does life in Dallas look like for you? Give me like a breakdown of, of your day. Yeah, of course. I was born and raised in Dallas. Um, I lived in Indianapolis for a few years and then moved back home a little over a year ago, which feels crazy to say because it feels like I just moved back home like yesterday. Mm. Um, But I work full time as an account director for a marketing consultancy, which is a lot more fun than it sounds. I get to work with some really cool clients and drive strategy and marketing and sales and all that stuff. And I feel like I've kind of found my calling in this role. I've been doing it for like three months and you know this, Grace. I'm never happy in any job I've ever had. Like, <laughs> like listening constantly. to you right now, I wish that you could see the size of the smile on my face hearing you talk about being happy in this job because I feel like <laughs> it has yet to happen since I've known you where it's like the, the perfect fit. And you're such a great employee. Like I don't, it's not, it's literally not you, it's them. <laughs> I, I, I have said this almost every week since I started at this new job. Like, I don't know if I've just worked at places that actually I'm going to stop that because I'm going to say something really inappropriate. I kind of felt like I knew where that was. I almost filled it in for you and then I bit my tongue too. So let's, let's just keep it positive. I don't care. (laughs) I've never been this happy and I graduated college seven years ago now. So I've been working for about seven, seven and a half years. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just crazy to me to be this happy in a role and to feel so supported because every, you know, every time I come to your house, like, I'm either working because <laughs> I don't have you any are days off. Always working. It's crazy, and I just feel like, hey, if I need a Monday off, like you know, everything going on going on with um, coronavirus right now, yeah. like it's just heavy. One it's of our so heavy. one of our really good, yeah, one of our really good friends just lost her grandma to the disease, and yeah. so it just it's heavy. And so I had a day last week where I was like, guys, like I'm emotionally going through it, and I took the day off, and my my boss could not have cared less, like. I've never had a job like this. That makes me so happy for you because 
One thing I will say about you, and I'm sure you'll share your story as this, as this goes on, is that you are hands down, and I don't say this lightly, the strongest friend and potentially person I've honestly ever known. And you don't ask for time off and you don't ask for days off and you don't slow. So for you to, to feel that like you needed that for yourself, like I know it had to really be a day of personal care that was needed. I think it was a day of personal care that was needed. And also I don't feel like I've ever been in a position where I could be so honest about needing a mental day. Oh my gosh. You know, it's a really good point. Yeah. Like I've had, where you just have to fight through it. Like you're yeah. literally going through it. And I should tread lightly here because I will get into this, but I've been through really hard seasons. Um, and I've always felt supported in that way in my job. Right. Um, but there's still this day to day support that's it's lacking. Different. So just on a it ran- different. Yeah. yeah. And it's, that it's makes good. me really right happy for you. I'm, I'm so glad that you're good. So let's go back to, where and how we met. Do you remember? Yes. I I do remember, but I'm going to tell a pre-story first. Okay, okay. I think I finally confessed this to you like last summer after knowing you for years. You did, um, and I was shocked. <laughs> and so caught off guard, and I felt, I don't even know what I felt. So let's just do it. <laughs> I've been a long-time Grace admirer. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just adore you. And anyone who knows you knows exactly why. Um, but my husband, then boyfriend, lived in West Lafayette, went to Purdue with Rico. Yes. And when I was getting ready to go up there for the first time, I was living in Dallas. We were long distance. And obviously, you talked about Rico. You were always there. I guess it was Thursdays at Buffalo Wild Wings. So um, yes. somehow I found you on Instagram. I'm sure it was not that hard, knowing my sleuthing skills. You are a pretty good and- sleuther. <laughs> and I was sitting with one of my girlfriends at a coffee shop and I was like, I am going to be her friend. <laughs> like oh we are going to be friends. <laughs> and just like the way, even through social media, you just have this presence and this authenticity that just radiates. And I was like, I need her in my life. You are so too thank good you to me. Thank you. For no, letting thank my dreams you. come true. <laughs> Stop it right now. <laughs> okay. So we met at Purdue. We met at Purdue. Yeah. My, um, my husband, which we'll get into, yes, we will. I'm sure <laughs> best friends with Rico. Rico was in our wedding, yes. um, has walked with us through so many seasons and just, we, I love you guys. We love you guys. It's so mutual. I mean, when I think about the friends that we have done life with, I think about you guys and there are just, there's so many memories and I'll probably get emotional in this episode. Maybe I won't. I'm really not sure, but I think about, the highs and I think about the lows and I don't know. I'm just like still at a loss for words about your strength and how much I admire you and just the, the number of things that I've learned from not only watching you navigate difficult seasons, but from being with you from a distance through them almost. And it's just, it's, it's something that has affected my life and will continue to affect my life every single day moving forward. So we will get into all of that, but let's go back to that apartment that the guys all lived in (laughs) and how many video games they used to play. And you would come to town for game days. And I just felt like 
you were still always working. Like you were always on your laptop. And I remember telling Ricardo the first time I met you, I'm like, Joe's girlfriend is very intimidating in the sense that like she really has her entire life together. And you laugh when I tell you that I felt this way about you because you don't think that about yourself, but like you really, you really did. And you, you do. And I just always looked forward to the weekends that you would come to town because not a lot of the guys had like steady girlfriends. So it was, it was like me. And then like a lot of the guys, a lot of the time, you know? And so when you would come to town, it was always such a breath of fresh air. Like, wow, you know, this is, this is someone I really, like, I really like her. And so it was nice for me to have another girl to rock with, you know, on those weekends and just the way that it's progressed since then. Yes, we have, we've come a long way from that apartment and all the Thai and Chinese food that we could possibly eat. We did eat Uh, a lot of Chinese delivery together in college, but you didn't eat meat either. (laughs) And I remember being like, oh my gosh, she's, she's kind of like me. Like, you know, I'm not down to really want to eat hamburgers and stuff with the guys. But when Rachel comes to town, I called you Rachel because you were Rachel back then. We yeah. would order, we would order like vegetable stir fry and it was incredible. So that's, that's such a tangent, but those are the things I think about from like those simple college days. Yeah. I'd give anything to go back to those days, honestly, when like our biggest concern was that we haven't won a game this season. Like, oh, oh my gosh. I miss those days. Listen, <laughs> those days were insane. And I just remember the cold and the rain and the weather. And it was just, I don't know. There's something very nostalgic about college and college days. So oh yeah. Talk to me about what happened after college. Yeah. So Joe and I were dating. Um and I actually graduated college a little bit before him. And so I got to move up to Indiana and we did life there for several years um after dating long distance. And then let's think through timeline. July twenty sixteen we got married. Best day of my life. Literally you guys were there. Beautiful wedding. I always look back at old pictures and I can't believe like how small Luca was, but also how big he was. Like, um, like right. He was <laughs> he just was like very four months baby. old, but he was a hefty little dude at your wedding. I look back <laughs> at those pictures all the time. So sweet. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't long after that, that um, Joe was diagnosed with a grade four spinal glioblastoma, which is basically just, I say just, a very, very aggressive spinal tumor. Mm-hmm. Um, the life expectancy after being diagnosed is around a year. It's pretty, it's pretty rapid. And in fact, after he was diagnosed, that was March 2017. Mm-hmm. So we hadn't even been married for a year when this happened. We were on vacation Mm-hmm. in New York for his 26th birthday. Yeah. And we got there on a Thursday and we kind of noticed something was wrong with his leg, but thought that it was really, like we talked it up to ha- him having knee surgery. Like he was kind of limping. He had torn his ACL a couple years back. Like the weather was crazy. And you know, you just make all these excuses well, for yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Cause you don't know. Right? You don't know. And I mean, he played football in college. Like he suffered injuries. Like you said, he had ACL surgery. So that's, I don't know if those are excuses. I mean, I would probably assume the same thing. Yeah. Like we just, we thought nothing of it. And then it got really bad Friday where like he was walking some and had to take a break. And 
like, I don't know. I just, I didn't think anything crazy was going on. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is really weird. Like we need to get your doctor on a call on Monday. Like, I don't know if you tore your ACL again or what. Cause it was the same knee and he was having problems with his knee specifically. Right. But then that Saturday, his birthday, he woke up and he was like, Ray, I can't feel my leg. Like my left leg, I can't feel it from the kneecap down. I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, if you touch my leg right now, I cannot feel it. Mm. And so um, we were with our best friend, Ryan. Um, I say ours and like our collective. (laughs) And um, we ended up going to brunch that morning anyway, because it was his (laughs) birthday, which I look back now. And at first I was embarrassed to say that, but I'm so glad we did. Like that was one of the last normal days we mm. had after his diagnosis and I'm so glad oh my god I'm gonna get emotional um I'm so glad we went to brunch did we did unlimited drinks for an hour so I think I had like praise 16 the bloody Lord. Marys. praise the <laughs> Lord <laughs> it's probably why you're so good at making bloody Marys because you are the queen of bloody Marys <laughs> I like won't drink one unless it's you that makes it because none of them measure up to yours okay quick sidebar I've perfected my recipe I added oh my adding gosh, plant juice and it is like bon appetit. Okay. So we might need to bump up Friendsgiving and make a 4th of July party happen too this year so that I can experience that and be with you again. Yes. Yes. Practice makes perfect. (laughs) Yes. But so we went to brunch and then right after that, like literally we took a lift to the ER room and life was not the same after that. Like, and I remember getting there and my whole demeanor just changed. Like I realized how serious this was like he was having like it just progressed so quickly and I looked at Ryan after they had taken Joe back to get an MRI and I was like I don't know why I just like this is cancer like this like this is too weird like really it was so sudden yeah I don't I did not I didn't know that um and Ryan was like don't say that don't say that and I was like I'm telling you something is not right wow and so after the MRI, they came back in and they kind of just were looking at scans um, at a high level and they threw out a lot of random things. They're mm-hmm. like, could be MS, could be this. And I'm like, you're not helping. Like, right. <laughs> like don't, don't just say what it could be. Let's dig into what it actually Let's is. Out. Yeah. Um, and then we got admitted to the hospital that night while they were figuring things out. They knew there was inflammation on his spine and that's what was causing the, um, the loss of feeling in his left leg. Mm-hmm. And then probably a week later, he was paralyzed from the waist down. Like, that's how quick it all happened. Um, and life just, it was so different after that. We were we were stuck in New York for four weeks. Yeah. Um, we were care flighted back to Indianapolis where he did um, inpatient therapy, physical therapy. And a lot of people were really confused about that whole process because they're like, oh, he's learning how to walk again. And right. I'm like, no, he's he's paralyzed. Like he's learning how to live life in a wheelchair. That's what the physical therapy is for. So we had to really not only reset our own expectations of like what life looks like now, but also people were so confused because we're in New York taking all of these beautiful photos, celebrating his birthday. I mean, I was following you guys the whole weekend. And then now we're being careflighted back to Indianapolis. Like life changed so quickly. To be honest, I'll never forget like Rico was we were training out in um, Southern California for that off season. And mm-hmm. I just randomly like texted you to check in like three days after, like I saw your last post from New York just to ask like how your trip was, like what was going on. It might've been a week later. And I just remember you saying like, Joe's sick. And I was like, what? 
you know, like I, I did not, I did not grasp like the severity of it because like you said, people, like everybody was confused. And I just remember in that moment, I looked at Ricardo and I'm like, do you know like what's going on? And he's like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I'm like, I'm texting with Rachel and she's telling me, you know, X, Y, and Z. And neither of us could like really speak. Like I just remember spending that the rest of that evening and like that whole night and just like the next few days, just both of us just in like complete shock and not really knowing like how, how to be there, like what to say or what to do, because it was so unexpected and it all happened so fast. Like you're saying, I mean, I don't know. I'm still not good at talking about things like this, which is. No, no, you're fine. It, it changed so fast. And I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned is just how quickly life changes because Mm -hmm. I mean, we can go even further back where when I was 20, I was healthy and fine. I was also diagnosed with this random bone marrow disease and had to go through chemo and a bone marrow transplant. And I thought that all of our troubles were over because Joe was there for me through that. And then you fast forward just a few years later and then we're going through this also. So I'm just like, damn, can we get a break? Yeah. And this is what I mean when I say that she's my strongest friend and literally the strongest person I know is that when I met you in school and you shared these stories with me and then it's like most of us were on spring break, like partying and having fun. And Joe, was it spring break that he spent in Dallas with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And when he shaved his head and I'll never forget, like, I don't know. Like I, I just, it's still one of these things that doesn't make sense to me about life. And it's, it's just the way that you have managed the seasons of life that you have walked through. And the fact that you can still be as positive as you are and as optimistic as you are and all of the things that you are, it is, it's a, you have set the bar incredibly high for anyone that meets you and anyone that listens to this episode it's hard to complain. You make it very hard to feel sorry for myself about absolutely anything. One, you have a lot of room to talk because you also go through so much and always have such a positive outlook. Oh my but gosh, no. I I appreciate that. I definitely have my days um, where I, I just want to sulk and, you, and I just want to stay in bed. And um, I feel like anyone can understand that. But I try. I try and just put you one foot in front of the other. You don't just try. Like, you do it. And I'm constantly amazed at you and the way that you do that. And I just, I want you to share the rest of the story if you want to. But I, I want to know, like, what is it, if you had to say one thing, like, what is it that enables you to be able to put one foot in front of the, the next, like, after everything that you've walked through? Well, I think if I finish the story, that will answer Let's that, do that question. Let's finish the story. Um, Well, I mean, long story short, Joe passed away to cancer in September of 2018. And he thought like hell, like I've never seen someone so passionate to get better and to care so deeply for me, my well-being, making sure I'm being taken care of, even while he's going through radiation and chemo. He's not sleeping. He's uncomfortable constantly. He's been in a wheelchair for 16 months at this point. Like he is literally hating life, still smiling, still making sure I'm okay. Mm. And I think that that a big piece of that is just, he was such a positive person. Like he was saying that you didn't realize like how 
much we were going through or like couldn't wrap your head around it. It's because Joe would never make you think that something was terribly wrong. Like I would have to, he would give a report to his family then I'd have to go back and give like a realistic report. Like, Hey guys, things are actually not looking good. Like, I remember those those messages a few times from you because the things he would say to to Rico and like, he was still playing the game up, up until a while there. Like I was under the impression every time I heard anything from him or even like we, we came to Cleveland for like a day, you know, we flew in in the morning and left that evening. And even though things were so bad, I left there feeling optimistic about what was going to happen because of, because of Joe's level of optimism. Yes. And I, I would tell Joe, I was like, you're making me look crazy because oh I texted you in a panic. I was like, yeah. I think this is it. Like, and at that point, Joe had flatlines and they had to bring him back. Yeah. And so that's when I texted people. I was like, hey, things are not looking good. And the doctors are wanting to move him towards palliative care. Like, I don't know if we're leaving Cleveland I don't know if I'm leaving Cleveland with him. Mm. And so everyone flew up and I like, I still remember we're in this tiny ICU room. All the guys are huge. Like we have Ryan who's six, five, Devin, who's (laughs) what? Six, six. Probably. And like all of these huge football players in this tiny ICU room. And they're trying to tell us like, Hey, only one visitor at a time. And we're like, Oh, okay. All right. Whatever. We definitely, we just, we made it work. Made it work. And then Joe is like smiling. I mean, he's resting and he was very sick, but I was like, you're making me look crazy. I'm texting your friends that this could be it. And then they get here and you're like, what's up guys? Watching the world cup, talking about soccer, like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. The optimism is off the charts with him. Off the charts. It always was. Yes. And I'll just never forget that whole season because every day it was like, this could be like every day I was like, this could be it. Mm. And I, well, pardon me. And part of me knew that he was such a fighter and he fought for a lot longer after that, like at at least three or four months longer than they had said. I remember at one point the doctors pulled me into a room and basically told me like, not that I was, they didn't use these exact words, but essentially said I was being selfish and that I needed to end things. And I was like, um, no, I think we're good, but I really appreciate the advice. And then he lived another two months after that. So I was like, imagine if I had listened. Right. (laughs) I mean, and that's like, you're right. (laughs) Think about the weight of that. Like to everyone that's listening, think about the weight of, of being told that and having to make that decision for someone as young as we are, you know, and like just to have, to have all of that on your shoulders and on your plate and then just the, um, the emotion of it as well. I don't know. I just, and every time I talked to you and I saw you, I just, I never, I never knew what to say, but I just knew the one thing that I could do was just continue to show up. And I, and I feel like I was honest with you about that. Like Rachel, like I, I don't know, like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to do the wrong thing, but like, I just want you to know I'm here for you. Yeah. And I think that's all we can really do. Like, being there for your friends when they're going through hard seasons. And like, we actually have another friend where her, her younger sister, significant other just passed away. And she texted me and was like, or actually I reached out to her and she was actually, I'm like stammering. Sorry. Um, I reached out to her just saying, I've, I've been through this. If you guys need anything, please let me know. And she even responded, she's like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And I was like, all you can do is just show up. Like that means more 
Grace, you were always there. It was the night before Joe passed away and you threw me a surprise birthday party. Like my last birthday that I would get to spend with Joe. Like you are so selfless and you showing up meant everything to me. Like it made those, that whole time bearable, truly. Well, I love you. And like I keep saying, I, I didn't know what to do or how to be, but like, I just wanted you to know that, that, that we were there for you, you know, and that this was a horrible, horrible thing, but like, we weren't going to walk out. Like we were going to continue life together before it, during it and after it. And like, yeah, you know, that's, that was just the best thing that I felt like I could do at that point in time. And I, and I, and I feel like you've expressed many times now, like showing up is the best thing you can do. So if you are someone, you know, that is listening to this and you're walking through a season of life with someone or know someone that's going through something devastating, like Ray, would you say like, that is, that is the best thing you can do is just to show up in whatever way that looks like, or what, what would, what kind of advice would you give for like being there for someone that's walking through a devastating season of life? Yeah, I would say being, just being there, showing up. And I always give this advice for people that are going, not necessarily going through hard seasons, but they're seeing their friends go through hard seasons is that everyone's there in the really high moments. Like I get a text every Christmas, every mm-hmm. wedding anniversary, Every birthday, I know that people think about me those days, but it's like the random Tuesdays. And you're so good about this, Grace, too. It's like the random Tuesdays when you just need a friend or something is wrong or you... Like, Joe was my person that I would share all of my good news with. And so I got this new job. I'm happier than I've ever been. Like, I feel like I'm moving in the right direction of where I want my life to be going. And I want to share that with my husband. I want to share that with Joe. And yes, I can still like share it, but it's not the same. And right. so just to have friends that lean in and support me. I have um, one of my best friends, Samantha. Love it's her. a really big deal to me. Ugh, the best. Love her. <laughs> um, I travel so much for work and it's really, it's still weird for me not to be able to like have Joe pick me up from the airport, even though his last year and a half of his life, he couldn't drive, but yeah. it's still like this weird thing of, he should be here picking me up. He mm. should he should care that I've landed safely. I should have someone to check in with and I don't. And she, without like without ever missing a flight or a trip, is like, Did you make it safe? Do you need me to pick you up from the airport? Like, oh my she gosh, just, I didn't know that. I love that. It's things like that of just wow. like just showing up and being there, yeah. you know? And yeah. it goes so far. That means that means everything to me. And just people so cool. being there in the day to day. Cause it's hard. It's, it's hard. Like there's no other way to put it, but that's how I put one foot in front of the other every day. I have amazingly supportive friends. I saw my husband fight till the very end and just be so positive throughout it all. And I just try and keep that same energy. Well, you don't try, you do it. You accomplish this. So I want you to know that, that if you think that what you've done is a trial, it is not, you have, you have done this and you've done it so well. And I just want to thank you for being so brave and so vulnerable to, to share this. Like, I don't know. I I have said this before and I will say it again. Like I could only pray to be half of the woman that you are. If I were to be ever faced with something as tragic of, of a situation that you've lived through. I mean, you honestly, you just, you just continue to amaze me, but I want to know, what is, what is something, cause some, something about you is that you're really big on self-development. 
like, I feel like you're never stagnant, which is something I love in people. But I think it's one of the biggest traits about you that I'm like drawn to as a friend is I feel like every time we get to spend time together, you are an expert in like some new field. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like you're into meditating before we got on this call, I texted you and I'm like, Hey, are you ready in five minutes? You're like, just let me know. I'm doing breath work. Like talk to me about all of the things that you do to better yourself. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was dead serious. Sorry like, if that's embarrassing. You're ready. No, I was actually going to mention that okay, because cool. it's something I've really gotten into. I want to know. Teach so me. Much. Um, so I, I've learned this, um, probably a year ago and we typically breathe really shallow breaths from our chest and that's not how we're supposed to breathe. Like we're supposed to breathe from our diaphragm mm-hmm. and unless we're super intentional, it's just not natural. Like you don't naturally take big belly breaths, but it's the easiest way to signal to your body that you're okay. Wow. And so anytime I'm feeling super stressed or overwhelmed or my thoughts are spiraling, I immediately go to breath work and I just sit and I do diaphragmatic breathing for like sometimes just a minute. Sometimes I'll sit for like 20 minutes and just breathe deeply. And you will be amazed like how quickly your body just relaxes. Like it is the fastest way. I learned this from my, um, my chiropractor who's also just like a wellness expert. Mm -hmm. It's like the fastest way to signal to your body that you're okay and that you're safe. And so whenever I'm feeling not safe, I just, I just do my breath work. I was feeling safe earlier, but I learned another breathing I was like, technique. shoot, am I, what, was I making you feel unsafe knowing that we're doing this tonight? <laughs> no, it's just become habitual probably, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, I'm on a lot of calls all day. So you're just like talking really fast and you're not right. really getting to do a lot of um, deep breathing. And so at the end of my day, I start my day with breath work and then probably like right around the end of my day after I've finished all of my meetings, I try and do some breath work also. And I... Um, I meditate a lot. I meditate a lot. And that that's like my secret, <laughs> my secret to success because yeah. I'm a high, strong, high anxiety person. And that always takes people by surprise. I just, I'm constantly overthinking. I'm constantly in my head. And I found that meditation has been one of the best things for me. And I was doing a session the other day and I normally do the breath work where you just count your breathing and it helps mm-hmm. you to focus. Um, and they said to follow your breath this time instead of counting, like follow it all the way to your deepest inhale to your deepest exhale. And I was just visualizing that and it was so relaxing. Like I, it's so simple. I just have never done that before. Like I know when I'm inhaling, I know when I'm exhaling, right, but right. there was something about like taking it a step further, like following that to the fullest inhale. I don't know. It just like, like through your body, world. like physically, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Visualizing it moving through your body. I've done a meditation like that before. As well. And that's actually something that they recommend for like dealing with contractions and pain and labor is so much of it is about breath work and breathing. So I think that's that's super cool. So something else about you, I feel that is important to note is that you are very strong in your faith. Do you, do you ever feel like, cause I have had people, quite a few people actually ask me like when they find out that Rico and I both like to meditate, they're like, well, doesn't meditating kind of conflict with praying? Like, tell me your opinion on that. Like, how do you, do you see the two as opposite, like not necessarily opposites, but like separate entities? Or do you, do you see that they could have a place within the other? I think they can definitely have a place together. I don't like, a lot of people will meditate on scripture even. Like meditation isn't this like, 
praying to the to the gods and the suns. Like I'm literally just focusing on my breathing. Like I really don't think that God has an issue with that. <laughs> and I think that also we've we have started to put God into such a box and we're trying so hard to see what's right and what's wrong. And God's like, I just want you to love people and like do your best. Thank like, you so I'm much sure for that, saying that. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot more to it. And I know there is to faith, but I have a really hard time believing that God has an issue with me doing breath work. Taking deep like, breaths just, and telling your body that you're okay. Yeah, yeah, I just don't think so. Um, I personally, like I, I read scripture. When I meditate though, it's not like, it's spiritual, but it's not religious. So like I might be thinking like positive thoughts or something, mm-hmm. but I'm not necessarily meditating on scripture. I try and I do try and keep that time separate, right. but I don't think there's an issue with them coexisting. That's just my preference. Yeah. I wake up really early. I have a long morning routine, so I have time to meditate and pray. So I just keep them separate, but you can do it all. You can love Jesus and meditate. I, I really don't think Amen. that's an issue. <laughs> Amen. I love that. So last thing I'm going to ask you because you are such a routine person. What does your morning routine look like? I'm always interested to to ask that question to different people. Like walk me through it from the time you open your eyes in the morning. Oh gosh. Okay. I you you hit the nail on the head. I do love a good routine. You are so, so routine. This is my, I love it. <laughs> it's Tell crazy. me everything. Don't leave anything out. Okay, I will. This is my full routine. So I don't wake up with an alarm. I just let my son, I don't have kids, so I can just let my body wake up whenever <laughs> it wants to. And I normally wake up, I'd say between 5.30 and 6.30. Um, right now, it's a little closer to 6.30 because mm-hmm. I've just quarantined life. But yeah, it's different. Somewhere between there, um, I immediately go to the kitchen and I make a pot of boiling water. And I do two things with that. I do, um, I make hot lemon water and I add collagen to it. It's just my like girl. a quick, easy way. Yep. Yes. Yeah quick, easy way to start your day with good um, detox of your organs. And then also um, I add collagen, just a quick boost. Um, But before I do that, so I get that ready. I also use the water to sterilize my tongue scraper and I scrape my tongue every single morning. And what happens, your body, I feel like you're about to learn something else new from me. Um, Your body is constantly, what am I trying to say? Detoxing. Constantly detoxing. Okay. Yes. And your body's constantly detoxing. But when you're asleep, your mouth doesn't get that same effect. So everything that is being detoxed is just like sitting in your mouth from the point that you wake up. And so there are some people who they wake up and they don't even swallow. They immediately go to rinse their mouth out and do tongue scraping. I'm I'm not there yet. I'm about to be one of those people. (laughs) You just changed my life. Yeah. When you're swallowing, you're just swallowing all that back into your system. And Ugh. so I I get up, I try not to swallow, but obviously things happen. Um, <laughs> and I use my sterilized tongue scraper and I immediately scrape all of that out of my mouth. And I do an oral rinse with this like oxygen rinse that I have. Okay. And then, um, and then I drink my hot lemon water. Cause if you start drinking, as soon as you wake up, you're right. just putting all those you're toxins back, back into down. your body. That makes yes. so much. So is this, so tongue scraping, could it be interchangeable with oil pulling? Kind of similar or not so much? Because there was a point in my life when I was doing a lot of oil pulling. I have kind of navigated away from that, but I need to get back. Or should I just convert and be a tongue scraper? 
I did both. I think though okay. that you could do one or the other. Um, I do oil pulling a little later because I do that in the shower. It's just easy to. Oh, that's so smart. Like you're in there for like five, 10 minutes. I can just oil pull while I'm in there and then I spit it out when I get out. Um, okay. but I, I do tongue spray plus separately. Okay. Okay. Sorry. So we got, I wanted to know everything. So wake up, start your water, don't swallow, tongue scrape, <laughs> spit, drink your lemon water. Now what? Um, while I'm drinking my hot lemon water, I am doing a meditation. I use the Headspace app and I do it every day. I meditate for at least 10 minutes every day. Um, I journal every day. <laughs> like I, I have a racing mind. Mm-hmm. It's constantly going. And so getting my thoughts down on paper is just the most therapeutic thing for me. Right. I feel then that. Then I spend some time um, praying, listening to worship music, reading my Bible, Right now I'm going for an hour long walk every day because I've got the time during the quarantine, but that's not always the norm. Sometimes I'll um, just go right into starting my work day or something, but I try and get a walk in, shower, do my oil pulling, my skincare, all that stuff. And then I really start my day, but I have a long, elaborate morning routine and I'm still a little cuckoo in the head. So I couldn't imagine where I would be if I didn't spend that hour of like self-discovery time but I call it going deep with yourself and I try and do it every morning of just like what who am I today um who do I want to be um thinking about if I have a thought that is just like it's been on my mind for a long time I I have to get it down on paper like no matter how small it is it, it could be the way I behaved or reacted a week ago it could be something bigger than that and I I get it down on paper immediately because that's like the easiest way for me to release, especially if it's just been sitting around for forever. That's Um, so good. But yeah, that's my routine. And people are like, you do that every day? I'm like, yeah, I do this every day. And you don't want to see me if I've gone more than two days without doing it. (laughs) I know it's so funny because I feel like I am a routine person as well. Um, And I guess funny is not the right word, but I'm a routine person as well. I function so much better when... I keep those small promises to myself. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. if I can get up in the morning and with kids, it's a little bit different. Like this is why I, I told Rico on the prior episodes and like I tell him every day, I'm like, I want a coffee maker in the room. I guess I now need a hot water kettle as well. So I can <laughs> really not leave my room and do all those things first. But like when I make that commitment to myself in the morning to even wake up on my my own and not like to the constant like right off the bat demands and needs of the kids, I am in such a better frame of mind. So it's like when I'm super pregnant, like I am now, it's not really feasible for me to wake up at five thirty in the morning when I know that like in a few weeks here, I'm going to have a newborn. Like I need my, I need all the sleep I can get right now. But what I, what I have been yeah. doing lately is like, even taking 15 minutes to myself in the morning. And I wish it could be more. And like when life gets back to normal and Luca and Lennon are back in school a couple mornings a week and it's myself and the newborn, like there will be time to do those things again. But I see a huge change in the type of person I am, the friend I am, the mom I am, the wife I am in the course of a day. If I can just get that little window of time to myself. And I feel like if that's something that you don't do in your current life like start really small you don't have to scrape your tongue and do all these things but like I, pr- I promise you though once you start taking that time for yourself in the morning you will probably never go back and your routine will get longer and more involved and you will realize how in the world did I live before this 
So yeah, I, I need that time in the morning, especially because I'm, I'm talking to people all day and I'm problem solving all day. And it's like every, the focus is on everyone else and the world's problems and right. trying to crack the code on marketing and all of these things. And it's just so nice to have that time to yourself to also reflect like people are not doing enough reflection of mm. their life. And mm. that's why we get stuck in patterns. And I could go on and on about this, but maybe we'll talk you need about a journal. on another episode. You need to, re- yeah, you need to really journal, good. you need to reflect, you need to make progress. You're going to continue to be stuck in a negative cycle. And that's that. I freaking love you. Let's just end it there because you just knocked it out of the park. <laughs> you said everything. There's, I, I need to say nothing more, but Ray, I love you. Keep being you. I can't wait to actually sit with you at my table. And the next time I see you, we get to drink together again. I'm so excited. Because yes, I was secretly I pregnant at Friendsgiving. None of you knew until you showed up. And although it was fun, it just was not the same level as Liddy as it has been years prior. Yeah. And I yeah. look forward. Every time I'm with you, we just get like accidentally lit. I'm so not sure how, nice. I'm not sure how it happens, <laughs> but it really does happen every single time. And I cannot wait for that to happen again. Same so this. I love you. Hang in there. I know you go to bed early. I hope you get some rest, rock your morning routine. Let me know where I can get a tongue scraper. Okay. I will. Send me yes. the one, the like a link or something to the one you have. But before we go, I want you to tell the people where they can find you, pimp yourself out. Tell me all the things that we need to know about getting in touch with you. Pimp myself out. Yes. Okay. So I'm, I'm on all the social medias. Um, <sighs> my Instagram is Rachel Simone Gilliam. I talk a lot about a lot of this stuff, wellness, um, living your best life on purpose. I share more about my husband and my story and just owning your grief. Um, I have a podcast that's launching very soon called Rose with Ray. So Woo. more conversations like this, I'll have to have you on, Gracie. Yes, please. And yes. And um, my website, rachelsimonegillian.com. Oh, I don't even think I told you this, but something new that's coming out very soon oh. um, called Daily Ray. Stop. Text. Yep. You can text Daily Ray to 22999 and get a little word of encouragement from me Dude, most morning. this is what morning. I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> do you guys hear all this right now? You're incredible. I'm everywhere. <laughs> I freaking love you. You are everywhere. I can't wait to drink rosé with you and squeeze you yes. and see you soon. So thank you so much for your time, Ray. Thank you. I love you, friend. Love you, girlfriend. Talk soon. Bye. That's it for now. Thanks for tuning in. When you have a chance, rate and review. Hit subscribe to stay all in with new episodes. And if you enjoy All In with the Allens, be sure to share with a friend. In the meantime, follow along with our daily journeys on Instagram at grace.e.allen and ricardoallen37. Thanks again for joining and we'll see you soon. Yeah. <laughs>